These headline stories will come to you in a moment. Along with this week's topics, I'm also about everything you wanted to know about Zulu Time. What really happened to the WJLX Tower? What new bill has been introduced in the House? We will visit the AWRL Hamfest schedule and talk about Hamcation. And that's all straight ahead as we come to air. Hello and welcome to the Ham Radio Guy Podcast. I'm Marvin and my call sign is W0MET. Whether you're an experienced ham or just getting started in this podcast, is for you. We're bringing you the latest of topics, news, and information in all things amateur radio right here to this show. This is episode number 31. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Well, as we proceed in here, uh, one of the things I've always talked about, a segment feature or something highlight or product that I've been working on for a while, and one of the things I wanted to touch on this week was a uh, Olite uh, Baton 4 rechargeable EDC flashlight. Uh, you can find the link in the Amazon show notes. And um, I've used several uh, of these in my ham radio applications. Uh, these are great pocket lights. Uh, they're light, easily rechargeable. Uh, they're very bright and easy to pocket carry uh, for those moments when you need a flashlight quickly. And uh, it has a pocket clip for even quicker access. So uh, check out your Olight today, and I've got you a link in the show notes. You can also find it over on uh, my new Patreon page. I will have a link to publish show notes over there, and uh, I will have that available for you uh, as well to find. I'll share that on Twitter, uh, things like that. Uh, newsletters coming out, doing great with the newsletter. Um, you know, got a lot of subscribers to that. And, um, what I've found is that, you know, my open rate is anywhere between 40 and 50%. So I want to say thank you for taking time to, to read that and to be able to review it and look at it and, uh, click the links in there and then find the deals that you can find. And, uh, you know, really, uh, take time to explore the things I'm, I've been talking about in there and, um, you know, it's usually a pretty pretty quick read, uh, so you can probably go through it in just a couple minutes and look at it, but uh, I want to say thank you there. I was able to finally find uh, one more thing for the trailer, and that was an uh, inverter that I was able to plug in and uh, get that connected so I can run DC power coming off the generator now. So that's uh, a very slow project. It's cold. Uh, it's been hard to work outside. And I think I mentioned in one of my earlier podcasts back in January, uh, the basement project uh, for my new ham studio is still coming to fruition. Uh, it, it's getting there. Uh, we are down to the painting process right now and new flooring will go in uh, as of air date here, February 19th. Uh, it will, a week from today, the new flooring will go in and I will move in next weekend and get everything set up. So looking very forward to that and uh, it should be very exciting as we, uh, you know, recovering from a little bit of that flooding that happened uh, just five days after moving into the new house here in Massachusetts. So uh, that is where we're at with all that. So that's been occupying a lot of my time. Uh, it's been a lot of work uh, to be able to get that done on my own. I had a few uh, vendors come in to, uh, contractors come in to do some electrical work and a little bit of the mudding and taping. I just didn't have the time for it all. 
Um, and then I'm just not great with electrical or the plumbing side of things, but, uh, you know, we, we've got it, uh, moving along and, and that's the, uh, you know, I'm pretty much a little behind the schedule. I wanted to be more done maybe by the, um, early to mid February here, but, uh, you know, it'll be, you know, the beginning of March roughly, but you know what, we're getting it done and getting it done right. Well, something I've been highlighting a little bit on Twitter and talking about, and this is the new vendor highlight. Uh, introducing Dakota Lithium, your ultimate outdoor power solution. The Ham Radio podcast is now powered by Dakota Lithium. And uh, I've been checking out those batteries a little bit, playing with them, and uh, find them to be uh, very reliable uh, and, and, you know, uh, really uh a re- really lightweight which is which is great so uh if you're tired of unreliable batteries that just can't keep up with your outdoor adventures look no further than dakota lithium the, the go-to choice for outdoor enthusiasts everywhere they are used by golf carts they're used by fishermen uh, a lot of a lot of major um, people like that will use dakota lithium as their uh power pack performance battery and uh, the lithium iron phosphate batteries boast a high inger- energy density and long life cycle life, ensuring you have the power you need wherever you need it. Whether you're camping, fishing, hunting, or powering off-grid, Dakota Lithium has you covered. They're built tough for the great outdoors, and their batteries are designed to withstand the toughest conditions from extreme temperatures to rough terrain. Rugged, lightweight, and compact, they're perfect for every uh, companion for any adventure. With a range of sizes and capabilities, Dakota Lithium offers op- offers options for every need. From powering small devices to large energy storage systems, don't settle for less when it comes to outdoor power. Choose Dakota Lithium and experience the difference firsthand. Join the ranks of satisfied outdoor enthusiasts, professionals who trust Dakota Lithium for unmatched performance, durability, reliability, and upgrade your power game today with their amazing 11-year warranty. So uh, check them out, and you can find a, a link for a 10% discount uh, on my show notes. And uh, again, you can find them over at my Patreon page. Uh, you can It's a public site, but feel free to subscribe as well. Um, and you can find the membership right there. Well, as we... Uh, uh, move on uh, here are the stories for release around the world as we come to air with edition number 31 general manager brett elmore insists it was stolen but online skeptics raised doubts despite national and international media attention including from outlets like usa today and the guardian snarky comments and engineering experts question the plausibility of the story some suggest neglect and a need for a cover story. YouTuber William Collier's video challenges the theft claim, showing the neglect of the site. Elmore denies involvement and, and points to utility records, but questions persist. The tower's disappearance leaves WJLX off the air, impacting its small market. With no insurance, Elmore turns to GoFundMe to, for rebuilding. Despite efforts to restore the station, doubts linger and police investigation continues. The station's fate hangs in the balance as the community awaits answers. And our only other news story, because we have a longer segment this week, uh, talking about Zulu time. Uh, our second news story here this week is U.S. Senators Roger Wilker, 
Wicker, a uh, Republican from Mississippi, and Richard Blumenthal, a Democrat from Connecticut, have introduced the Amateur Radio Emergency Preparedness Act of 2024, aimed at granting amateur radio operators the right to install antennas despite homeowners association restrictions. These rules often hinder vital emergency communications crucial during natural disasters like hurricanes. Senator Wickers emphasizes the importance of reliable communication in emergencies, stating that access can be a matter of life and death. Senator Blumenthal echoes this sentiment, highlighting the essential role in ham radio enthusiasts play in providing life-saving information during crisis. The legislation seeks to clarify and limit homeowner association bans on antennas, ensuring radio operators can function effectively. Endorsed by the Amateur Radio Relay League, this bill aims to remove unnecessary barriers and safeguard emergency communication capabilities for communities nationwide. All this is Amateur Radio News with the release date of February 19th, 2024. Well, I hope that uh, that bill will pass and um, that we will see something go through. They've had like the PRB1 and stuff in the past, and so we'll see how that works uh, overall. Well, let's really get into the nuts and bolts of, of the story here, uh, this week's uh, segment. And what is Zulu time, and how does it relate to ham radio? Zulu time is military name for Universal Coordinated Time, or UTC. And it is a time uh, is fixed at the prime meridian of zero degrees longitude. Now, this is the reason for other names. You can have zero time, and uh, some people refer to like Z time uh, before Zulu, but it was known as Greenwich Mean Time, or also GMT, so you might see it as that as well. And Greenwich Mean Time, Zulu, or UTC, military, 24-hour, whatever you call it, is is the world's time um, across, across the board. There's no time zones, no seasonal, no seasonal changes, it's just time. And for ham radio provides a common time needed for accurate QSO log keeping and a manner of speaking with all amateur radio operators, regardless of relocation. Uh, you know, we're using the same clock and a lot of logging programs will use that. And we'll get into logging in just a few minutes. Um, but you know, even, uh, as winter field day, we, we start our clock and I think summer field day does the same thing. Uh, we'll say it's based on, you know, 1900 Zulu time. So uh, we use that quite often in other uh, aspects as well, besides just our logging programs or referring to it. And, you know, why is it called Zulu time? Um, since Great Britain's uh, was the world's greatest maritime power when the concept of latitude and longitude was developed, the starting point for designated longitude became the prime meridian zero degrees. It intersects with the Royal Greenwich Observatory in Greenwich, England, hence the Greenwich Mean Time. It was built by King Charles II in 1675. It was a major center dedicated to navigation, astronomy, and timekeeping. Zulu time is used quite often still today, I believe, by the military, pilots, uh, mariners, and obviously ham radio. Uh, the purpose is a standardization of time and... You know, you can sync watches, um, you know, ships and airplanes across multiple time zone in one journey. Uh, it, it can become, you know, more important than, um, you know, to standardize the time across the globe for people. Uh, sometimes for meetings, it works out great in that 
uh, regards as well. Uh, if you want to know what time you're going to do that uh, meeting, uh, you can do it in Zulu time and not have to worry about offsetting. Well, are they eight hours ahead of me or are they eight hours behind me? And so it's something to uh, think about there. The term Zulu comes from the shortening of zero meridian. Uh, and so um, for a while it was even called zebra time. But the term Zulu was first used by the Royal Navy in the 19th century, uh, kind of confirming with the military phonetic alphabet. So Zulu works. Now, how do you calculate Zulu time? Uh, the main thing to know about Zulu is that it's always the same no matter where you're at in the world. Here's how to figure it out on your own personal time of what the Zulu time would be based on your location. And the beauty of it is you don't have to which, wonder which time zone you're in, uh, you know, or is being referred to when you see the time. There's no AM or PM. It, it usually does work in like a, a military uh, format, though. Um, and um, you can, you know, pronounce it uh, as just 09450 uh, or, or 945 Zulu. And so, um, or you could just do 945 hours. Um, the Z indicates that it would be in a Zulu format. You'd have to put a Z after the time. So if you had 945 in the morning, uh, it would be 0945Z. And that would not mean it's a local time because otherwise it might be like CST for Central Standard Time or, or uh, you know, Pacific Standard Time, PST. Uh, you're putting the Z behind it. That would indicate people would know that is in Zulu time then. So figuring out what time uh, what time it is versus your local time does take uh, getting some used to, but there's lots of apps and calculators out there on the web to help you find out you know what those things are. Not to mention the ham logging software will automatically do it for you. Now I have an application on my phone, actually a widget I've created on my iPhone that will uh, I can scroll up to and look at and know that it's um, you know whatever time of Zulu it is from where I'm at at the time I'm looking at my watch or the app on the phone. And I'll use that, you know, quite often uh, for looking at things or, or making a reference going, all right, hey, it's uh, one o'clock. What time is it Zulu? So I can just sometimes even know, hey, I'm six hours ahead, whatever it is. And so, but there's lots of calculators and things out there. You can help you find that and figure that out. You can look it online. Um, so definitely ways to look it up. Now, Logging in Zulu or UTC is highly recommended because when you are speaking with somebody like maybe overseas doing a DX contact um, or if you're looking at uh, maybe a logging book and someone's in Eastern time versus Pacific time, uh, using UTC eliminates the confusion over you know time zones or daylight savings time. Sure, you can calculate on your own, but why not let a computer logging program do it for you? And just handle that chore. Um, you know, it keeps the UTC date and time straight automatically. You don't have to remember, hey, it's still uh, maybe February 19th here, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, already February 20th on UTC. And so, you know, it gets to be, you know, later in the evening, that time zone changes long before your maybe time does. 
And, uh, of course, you know, if you're free to use the local time, as long as you, um, you know, indicate, you know, clearly in the log, it's a local time and, and not, you know, a Zulu time, but I would avoid mixing any UTC and local time and dates together in the log, uh, becomes very confusing at that point. And of course, one of my favorite windows logging softwares in three FJP logging software reads the UTC time directly from your windows operating system. So you can set your operating system, whatever you want time. And N3FGP will read that from your uh, computer and automatically make that calculation for UTC. So I guess it's important that your time zone is also accurate in your computer when you do that. So um, I would make sure you have that set correctly for your, your OS, your Windows operating system there, uh, to make sure you're logging correctly. Now, here are some fun facts about uh, Zulu time. Uh, you know what? I missed a point here somewhere, and I realized that. That um, back and see if I can find that note real quick here. I should have that handy. Was I was going to go back and uh, tell you how to convert your time um, for uh, Zulu, and to convert your time to the twenty-four hour format, like the military uses. For example, it's two p.m. Add twelve hours and you would get 1400 so that would be you know 1400 hours military uh time for that 24-hour format um but if you want to adjust the time difference offset where you're at versus the zulu time so for me i'll use the example if i live in eastern time zone which i do i'll add four hours because the eastern time zone is four hours behind greenwich mean time so 0400 so adding four uh, hours to my uh, 1400 hours which is military time format would then make the zulu time 1800 hours zulu so uh, just add four hours to whatever time you have so if it's uh, 9 a.m then add four hours and make it 1 p.m zulu so uh for another example so actually make it 1300 to zulu uh, my, my apologies um, so that is, uh, gotta remember it, it, it does keep it in a Zulu time does run in that 24 hour military format time. But what I started going to a minute ago, so that hopefully it helps you convert that. Uh, and so again, take those hours, uh, for your time zone offset and, uh, add that to the, uh, military time it is, and that will get you your Zulu hours. Here's some fun facts about Zulu time. Something I wanted to share on here. And all this and more can be found on allbands.com. And this article was brought to you by Mark Haverstock, K8MSH. And that's where we're getting the information this week uh, from on allbands.com. You can check out. So something I mentioned earlier, uh, Zulu time does not change with the seasons, but local time may change with daylight savings time. For example, the time, local time on East Coast of the United States is five hours behind Zulu time during the winter, but only four hours during the daylight savings time. NOAA satellites use Zulu time, or UTC as their time reference, and the satellite images that appear on NOAA's website are time-stamped in Zulu time. The Department of Navy serves as the United States official timekeeper, the master clock facility at the U.S. Naval Observatory in Washington, D.C. The UTC is not a typo. When spoken, it's universal coordinated time, but when written, it's UTC. 
The International Telecommunications Union, ITU, felt it was best to designate a single abbreviation for use in all languages in order to minimize confusion. Uh, is it 2400 hours or 0800 hours? Military time uses both 2400 and 0800 hours to designate midnight. This may seem confusing at first, but it makes more sense when you think of 0100 or 00040 as a start time as 2400 as an end time. You'd use 000 in reference to the beginning of an activity, but 2400 to indicate when an activity will end, such as like basically it turns out like 1159, it turns to 2400. Uh, imagine not receiving a QSL card from that very rare DX because you used the wrong conversion when you're going from your local UT, local time to UTC. Get a UTC clock, they're worth the investment. And Gigaparts has the new Intellitron one, pretty slick. Uh, great little product there for sure. People uh, usually think that time zones are determined by whole numbers. Some countries use half hour and quarter hour offsets. India lies in the time zone UTC plus five uh, and a half. And South Australia and Northern Territory used UTC plus nine and a half. Uh, okay, uh, that's really weird. Uh, leap second is a one second adjustment that occasionally applied to the Zulu time and reconciled the time difference between the precise time and the imprecise observed solar time due to variations in the Earth's rotation. So there's just a few notes, um, kind of interesting facts about UTC and some information about what it is or how you use it. So if you're new to ham radio and you're not familiar with what universal coordinated time is, um, or you need to know how to figure it and why you need to use it, uh, there is some great information there. Again, you can find more information on allbands.com. And this story was written by Mark Haverstock, K8MSH. So thank you to him today for this news information and, and uh, story uh, information that I found. And uh, hope that you'll go visit uh, on All Bands for more information. Well, if you have any questions or have any comments, uh, reach out to me at W0MET at thehamradioguide.com. And uh, I'll be glad to write, write you back for all emails that I get. And, um, you know, hope that uh, you will uh, enjoy this news story and many more that we'll continue to bring to you this year um, with us here. Well, with that, uh, let's go into a little bit of more information here. Looking for all things ham radio related? Visit the Ham Radio Guy website or thehamradio.com for informative content, product reviews, and exciting blog posts. Join the conversation on your favorite podcast platform. Stay up to date with the latest trends and news in the ham radio world. Connect with us on Twitter at the Ham Radio Guy for even more updates and engaging interactions. Don't miss out on the fun and knowledge sharing. Subscribe to the Ham Radio Guy today. And if you haven't, uh, just go ahead and hit that subscribe button and hit follow on your favorite podcast. And uh, I want to say thank you again for uh, listening and uh, being able to catch up on some of these uh, great episodes and, uh, you know, insights, tips, and details about each episode. Don't forget to check out the show notes right uh, at the bottom of every, every podcast information you can find. You can find a direct link to all the latest deals and, um, and Amazon finds and get discounts at American Filament, uh, County Comms. Uh, we'll have ham radio prep coming and, uh, a new one called 12 volt power. So stand by for more from information on that. So anyway, uh, some great, amazing deals for you trying to have you give you a savings. And we'll also have, uh, ABR industries where I get all my cable from, uh, made right here in the U S 
by a great company out of Houston, Texas. So uh, stand by for more as, as deals come forward and finding a way to save you money and helping you out uh, with your ham radio shack and uh, getting you powered up. Well, check out the uh, HamFest schedule for uh, local HamFest page near you at my ARRL link. Again, in the show notes, March 1st and 2nd is the Greater Houston HamFest, hosting the ARRL Western uh, Gulf Division Convention in Rosenberg, Texas. The Academia DX Association HamFest and Swap Meet it will be hosting the ARRL Louisiana State Convention in Rain, Louisiana. March 16th, 49th Annual Stewart HamFest. Hosting the ARRL Southern Florida Section Convention in Stewart, Florida. And March 16th, the St. Patrick's Day Hamfest, hosting the ARRL West Texas Section in Midland, Texas. Well, there's some Hamfest coming up near you. One of the other things I wanted to be able to highlight this week was talking about Hamcation. And um, it was a great year overall down there. Uh, made some great contacts. Uh, good to see some good friends and people again. And uh, really enjoyed getting into, um, you know, meeting with some of the vendors and talking about them. Of course, I've got several of those on my YouTube page that you can uh, go out and visit. Uh, look for Ham, uh, Ham Radio Guy or W0MET on my YouTube. And you can see some of those great videos uh, put out there. Even a, uh, one talking with Gigaparts about their new Intellitron products. Um, I, you know, only thing I can really find that, you know, the prices of food at Hamcation, I think, are still pretty exorbitant. You know, 18 bucks for, for burger and fries. It just just blows my mind. But uh, M&M Barbecue, uh, it's Mike and Mike's. They do a great job and uh, are a fairly reasonable price for considering what barbecue prices are. Uh, they're usually our go-to for some of the food down there at the Hamcation. Uh, you know, you've got the three different buildings and then you know, really the, the swap meat building is the fourth one. And then, of course, I think the uh, terms of uh, tailgaters this year were, it seemed like it was up a little bit. There was quite a few that was out there. A lot of campers, a lot of people were there. Uh, numbers, they think they were probably up for the year, but they haven't released that information yet. I'll be glad, glad to share that out with you once uh, I hear that information as well. But uh, the only debacle was opening morning, about 7 a.m. Uh, they couldn't get the gates open until like 7.25. And uh, I don't know if it was just a bunch of old guys out there that were having issues or a, a power uh, issue or whatever it might have been. Uh, they said they didn't have enough security there, but they had five guys in yellow jackets that seemed, you know, had red security written on them or, you know, highlighted yellow, orange jackets, whatever. Uh, so I'm not really sure what the debacle there was that morning. But uh, they did get it finally open and got people going in the doors and, and got got the traffic flowing. So that was good. But um, overall, I thought it was a good year. And uh, I loved being there. I was glad to be there. And uh, it was good to get away from home for a little bit and, and be able to spend some time uh, again with friends and, and uh, some new vendors and uh whatnot at hamcation so if you haven't gone uh it's a great time to get away in february the weather weather was beautiful and really um you know was 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 gorgeous weather overall so my next podcast sorry my next uh hamvention uh, i'll be at is in dayton i'll be there on friday only 
and uh, won't be able to be there for Saturday. Got a graduation of a niece that uh, need to be at, but uh, we're looking forward to that one as, as my next uh, show to be around and uh, see friends and people again and what new vendors might be at uh, Hamvention this year in May. So hopefully, hope, uh, hopefully we'll see you there and um, we'll go from there. Well, if you enjoyed the podcast, we'd appreciate if you become a subscriber wherever you get your podcast. You can rate and review the show. Go out to Spotify or Apple Podcasts, or you can just go old school and tell friends and family, neighbors, hell, anybody you think you might want to hear a podcast that's getting interested in amateur radio or wants to know more. If you're on social media, be sure to follow us on Twitter and over at Patreon, thehamradioguide.com. And you can also listen to the YouTube version of the W0MET channel and watch some of the new videos coming out about different product reviews. I've got more coming out here in the next month or so. And I hope that you learned something as well this week that will help you in your ham radio operations. If you have questions, comments, please leave them on Twitter, podcast platform, or email me at W0MET at thehamradioguide.com. As always, this is your ham radio buddy in the chair and on the air, the ham radio guy, I say 73, W0MET. <laughs>